Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. The media never seems to tell the truth anymore, but especially when it comes to world and religious leaders. Archbishop Desmond Tutu is one example. What's the truth about his legacy? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest, direct from South Africa. For my new listeners, Dr. Peter Hammond is the founder and director of Frontline Fellowship, the founder and chairman of Africa Christian Action, the director of the Christian Action Network, and the chairman of the Reformation Society. He is the author of several books, including Faith Under Fire in Sudan, In the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Slavery, Terrorism, and Islam, the Historical Roots, and the Contemporary Threat. It's my great pleasure to give a Real Talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you, Audrey. Always good to be back with Real Talk. Thank you so much. It's so great to have you with us again. And we want to jump right in here. Archbishop Desmond Tutu recently died, and some have called him the moral conscience of Africa. So, Peter, would you uh, share with us the true legacy of Desmond Tutu? Yes, well, Desmond Tutu has certainly been the most prominent churchman in uh, Southern Africa, if not Africa, and uh, he was described by Frank Shikani as the face of the liberation struggle, the voice of the people, a key prophetic voice. He's been described by African National Congress leaders like Tabo Mbeki as the most important asset of the African National Congress when the ANC was banned and when Nelson Mandela was in prison. Uh, Tutu was the face and the voice of the liberation struggle. And so Desmond Tutu's been described as an icon of the freedom struggle, the nation's pastor, the hero of the nation. Uh, in fact, you'd probably love uh, Desmond T- uh, Tutu was praised by Joe Biden, no less, as <laughs> his legacy will echo through the ages. And I'm sure it will, along with many other false teachers. Uh, Barack Obama called Tutu a universal spirit, which is Whoa. interesting. Uh, the Pope praised him as well for promoting racial equality and reconciliation, which is intriguing because that's not exactly the way uh, those of us on the ground always saw it. Do you know, uh, we've been involved in the pro-life struggle for a long time here in Cape Town. In fact, sadly, this very week marks the 25th anniversary of the legalization of abortion in South Africa, which is to a large extent a legacy of Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela. Mandela legalized abortion on the 1st of February 1997, so 25 years ago, they legalized abortion. In the last 25 years, quarter century, two million South African babies have been killed legally, officially by abortion, most with taxpayers' money. And if that's not sobering enough, Desmond Tutu promoted abortion. If you go into the Mary Stopes abortion in Cape Town, we have a picture of it, of a pull-up banner of Bishop Tutu wearing his bishop's um, fancy dress, promoting Mary Stopes International. Now, here's the quote. He praised Mary Stopes for empowering women and for giving people the opportunity to make informed decisions about their future and choice. And this is intriguing because you know that Mary Stopes actually kills more babies every year than Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood's actually only number two. 
in right. terms of baby killing worldwide. Mary Stopes is to Britain what Margaret Sanger was to America. And Mary Stopes throughout the old British Empire l runs the whole uh, abortion industries here. So Desmond Tutu, after he retired from public life in 2010, he put on his bishop's regalia in 2011 to do this public endorsement of the invaluable work of Mary Stopes International. Wow. So we contacted the Bishop Tutu, uh, the Desmond Tutu Foundation, and asked, did he receive any financial remuneration for making the statement and posing for this picture, marketing uh, Mary Stopes? And the response was, the official response was, the Desmond Tutu Foundation can neither confirm nor deny. And when we... Uh, pushed it a bit further, I said, the Desmond Tutu Foundation does receive donations, full stop. So right. you can take from that what you will. Okay. But do you know, many people who today, I'm not surprised that Marxists and liberation theologians worldwide are hailing Desmond Tutu as one of the greatest, because for the Marxist and liberation theologians, he certainly was a great asset. But I'm surprised that Bible-believing evangelical pro-life Christians are happy to be endorsing Desmond Tutu because do you know that Desmond Tutu says there are certain parts of the Bible you have to say no to. He said there's many things you shouldn't accept. Of course there's mistakes in the Bible. God didn't write the Bible. People did. That's why there's mistakes in it. Now that's not just a quote. That's in Tutu, Voice of the Voiceless, the authorized biography of Desmond Tutu. In his authorized biography it's got him and not just questioning, but, but dismissing the Bible as full of mistakes. For example, do you know that he questioned the virgin birth and said that Jesus was born illegitimately? Oh, my gosh. And uh, in St. Albans Cathedral, Desmond Tutu declared the Holy Spirit is not limited to the Christian church. For example, Mahatma Gandhi, who is a Hindu, the Holy Spirit shines through him. Now, he went further than it. Do you know Desmond Tutu authored a book entitled God is Not a Christian? I mean, oh what a gosh. title. God is not a Christian. Well, nobody said he was, but the, the whole message of it is basically that the Christian church is terrible and Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism and interfaith is wonderful. And basically, the God of the Bible is a horrible creature. And uh, now that's Desmond Tutu's writing. Now, for sheer unbelievable quote, how would you take this? Desmond Tutu said, as far as gay rights goes, he said, if homosexuals aren't allowed into heaven, I would refuse to go. I would refuse to go to a homophobic heaven. I would say, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I'd rather go to the other place. I could not worship a God who's homophobic. That's how deeply I feel about this. I'm as passionate about the campaign for gay rights as I ever was about apartheid. For me, it's the same. So I don't know how many people like that idea that uh, Desmond Tutu says that it's more important to be pro the gay agenda than to be pro God. And... Do you know that Desmond Tutu, in 1980, when Mugabe's thugs took over Zimbabwe through terrorism, and uh, he said, the kingdom of God has arrived in Zimbabwe. So one of the most brutal dictators who has filled the mine shaft and the mass graves in Madibili land with tens of thousands of Madibili tribesmen uh, slaughtered. Uh, he is an epitome of the kingdom of God having arrived in a country. He went worse than that, if you could think that's possible. Desmond Tutu publicly praised communist dictator Samora Michel for all that he and his Filimo government, that's the communist terrorists in, in Mozambique, had done for the people of Mozambique. Now, just bearing in mind, Mozambique was my first mission field nearly 40 years ago. And as I documented in the killing fields of Mozambique, 
Samora so Michel declared war on God. He closed down or destroyed 8,000 churches. He had 75,000 people publicly executed. He banned the Bible. He expelled all missionaries. Uh, he imprisoned hundreds of thousands of believers. And he left the landscape littered with millions of corpses who died in this man-made famine. And yet you could have Bishop Tutu thanking this communist dictator for all he'd done for the people of Mozambique and Angola. My gosh. My gosh. <laughs> oh, they kind of left all this information out when they talk about him here in the States, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and that's just like uh, the introduction because, uh, do you know, he criticized Pope Benedict XVI for opposing the distribution of condoms. He opposed Pope Benedict for opposing the ordination of women as priests in the Catholic Church. I mean, what does he think they're going to do there? Uh, he, uh, on so many different levels, was a consistent liberation theologian and uh, black theologian. So uh, he said things like, um, by the way, he credits uh, New York City's Union Theological Seminary. Uh, he attended a conference there in 1973 in converting him to liberation theology and black theology. Wow. Uh, and that's a term he used, converting. And um, uh, Desmond Tutu made a few intriguing statements. For example, he said that one young man with a stone in his hands can accomplish more than I can with a dozen sermons. Now, he said this in 1984 while people were being killed by rock throwers, rioters throwing rocks from, on, on cars from overhead uh, pedestrian crossings and bridges who were throwing concrete blocks down uh, on, on vehicles and people and killing people. And people were being uh, stoned to death. And he says, one young man with a stone in his hands can accomplish more than I can with a dozen sermons, which may be true, but it doesn't speak well for the quality of his sermons. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> you know, when Des you might look back in the time of Ronald Reagan with affection, but Desmond Tutu called Ronald Reagan a crypto-racist and his government as an unmitigated disaster. Wow. He... Uh, if you wonder why, uh, he said, if the Russians were to invade South Africa, we would welcome them as saviors. That's in 1984, at the height of the Cold War, when our soldiers were fighting the Cubans and the Soviets in Angola at the hot part of the Cold War. If the Russians were to invade South Africa, we would welcome them as saviors. He, he went further in the Washington Enquirer in 1986. He says, communist China provides a very good model for developing countries. Communist China, and that's the words he used. He used the word communist China. So he wasn't talking about the free China of Taiwan. Communist China provides a very good model for developing countries. This was 1986 in the Washington Enquirer. And on economics, he says, I am a socialist. I hate capitalism, which is intriguing because he lived in two of the most exclusive, richest suburbs in the country in Houghton and Bishop's Court, which are, you know, sort of Beverly Hills level of of opulence, you know, multi-millionaire, if not billionaire type of uh, mansions. And so he lived in two of the most luxurious places and he says he hates capitalism. But I don't think he hated capital. <laughs> I, all of this has been left out. And, you know, I guess I'm not surprised since they have their own dictionary, um, the, the, the communist left uh, they call him the moral conscience of Africa because their morality is different than the morality of the Bible, isn't it? Oh, yes. In fact, when he was asked in 1988 what he would want to rebuild South Africa on, what his um, 
principles were, what his ethical stands were, he said, I think I would use Marxist insights from each according to his ability to each according to his need. That, I think, is in line with what our Lord himself would have taught. Well, interesting, he didn't teach it, but um, but Tutu used the words Marxist insights. In fact, at that same time, he said uh, of Margaret Thatcher as Prime Minister of Britain and President Ronald Reagan of the United States, he says the West can go to hell. Well, you know, I don't know if that's most people's idea of a bishop, but uh, he was obviously a very political priest and a political rebel rouser. In fact, that's the name of his authorized biography is Rebel Rouser for Peace. Um, that's the authorized biography of Desmond Tutu. He became a patron of the UDF. That's the United Democratic Front. Back in 1980s, under our suppression of Communism Act, the African National Congress as a terrorist organization was banned. It couldn't publicly organize and so on. So they launched a front group called the United Democratic Front, the UDF. And Desmond Tutu became a patron of the UDF. Now, because of the prevalence of the brutal necklace murder, where they used an automobile tire filled with fuel to burn alive black town councillors, black mayors, and black policemen, those deemed as sellouts, as they call them, the UDF came to be referred to as Uniroyal, Dunlop, and Firestone. I mean, that's a pretty sick sense of humor, but popular brands of tires, uh, UDF, United Democratic Front, Uniroyal, Dunlop, and Firestone. And he was in charge of the UDF at the time, the patron of the UDF, at the time when they were burning schools all over the country. The UDF uh, mobilized the what they called the No Education Without Liberation uh, movement. And this resulted in something like 3,200 schools being burned down and 5 million black children not getting an education. And they called to this day the, the lost generation of untrained, unemployable thugs who were completely denied education as a result of this uh, no education without liberation. So do you know what Desmond Tutu was doing with his children during this no education before liberation? He sent his children to Atlanta, Georgia to get a private education, private schools outside the country while millions of black children were denied the chance here. Wow. Wow. Uh, this really, I mean, this revelation about, uh, from his own words, in, in most of what you're sharing, uh, tells us w who he really was. And so people want to believe the lie they can, but I, I so appreciate that you're sharing the truth about his legacy. And I want to jump over to, um, well, the COVID jab death cult here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it seems that what's been revealed by Columbia University, which is no bastion of conservatism, uh, they, their study has shown that at least 400,000 Americans have died from the COVID jab. We now learn also that of the failure of multiple jabs, people who have been jabbed at least three or, and now four times, it, as a failure to protect from transmission of, of the virus and even from hospitalization or death. So it's basically, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're vaxxed or not. As a matter of fact, the people who are vaxxed carry a higher load of, of the viral, they have a higher viral load than an unvaxxed person because the jab took away their helper cells which usually absorb some of that. And now we have the beginning of the Nuremberg 2.0 trial. It's underway, which could be the reason or could be a coincidence that the UK, Ireland, and the Czech Republic have lifted their mandates. Add to this 
that the CDC finally admits the truth that natural immunity from recovery of COVID is better than any jab. So, Peter, is their house of vile cards beginning to fall? Oh, there's no doubt it is. It's it's lies built upon lies built upon more lies, and it's it's falling apart. And yes, they do have a monopoly of the mass media, the lamestream media, and the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, the Communist News Network, Slime Magazine, Useless News and World Report, Newspeak. Yes, they, they, they're still putting out the narrative, but someone who's paying attention would notice there's a lot of inconsistencies and they keep changing their story and it's, it's full of lies. Uh, I've studied the vaccine death report written by David John Sorensen and Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. The COVID death report documents from scientific research, millions have already died from the COVID injections worldwide, and hundreds of millions have serious side effects, often permanently disabling the victims. Now, we know that this is true. And I've got examples in my own family of, of deaths as a result. As my brother-in-law was forced by his work to take the vaccine, and, and of the first shot, within the day he went into a coma, fell over, didn't come out of the coma, died within 10 days. Oh, my god! Now, that's one person. I spoke to just my hairdresser yesterday who was saying that uh, in his family, there's those who refuse to take the, the vax who are all healthy. And then there's all those who took the vax, very angry at them, who've all fallen sick with the very same thing that they got inoculated. And he says, absolutely extraordinary. At our mission, we get people coming regularly, picking up literature, Bibles and Sunday school materials from us, who are speaking about elders, deacons, people in their church who've died after getting the vaccine or been very ill, and other people who don't want to take the vaccine who are as healthy as anything. So uh, just our own circles, and we travel a lot. There's no doubt in my mind, the, the words getting out, the protests on the ground, there's a total disconnect between the reality on the ground and what the media is lying to us. And, and I'm sorry to say, these professional lies, not just the government, but their um, a court physicians who are repeating the Wuhan Health Organization's uh, narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we've seen um, over and over, we've seen people who have, and thank you for mentioning the fact that some, there are even millions more, as you mentioned, that have permanent conditions. And we're talking young people. Look at the athletes who have literally dropped dead on the field. Athletes, the, the healthiest among us. They're young and they're dropping dead or dropping into, they end up getting myocarditis or pericarditis, which are permanent conditions and they're not curable. And they have, their, their career is destroyed. And, but of course, all of this has no, it's all a coincidence, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you mustn't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Right. And so uh, that's why they've got fact checkers. Do you know, there never were fact checkers before the truth started to get out. And this this is the problem. What they are censors. These are the thought police that George Orwell warned us about in 1984. And uh, if you oppose the narrative, then uh, just as George Orwell depicted in his 1984 novel, the Ministry of Truth or Mini Truth will have you vaporized and you become an unperson. You disappear down the memory hole. That's what they would like to happen. I think many of these characters have looked at 1984 and thought it's a manual rather than a warning. No, exactly, uh, and and it's um it, it's tragic. But without, I'll tell you, I'm I'm 
uh, one person in particular who is, is driving this for Pfizer is the CEO, who happens to be a veterinarian, okay, an animal doctor. Uh, that's Albert Borla. And he has been pushing and lying. And he, he said that anyone that gives him misinformation about the jab is a criminal. I mean, who is this guy? <laughs> well, I think the information out there, uh, as uh, Dr. Uh, Zelenko points out in this COVID death report, that uh, what we are seeing is something of genocidal proportions. And bear in mind, there's an enormous amount of, um, what do we call conflict of interest here? Yeah. Because the people such as Bill Gates who are promoting the vaccines as a way to extend your life expectancy and improve your health happen to be eugenicists to want to depopulate the world, get rid of the 7 billion odd surplus people who unnecessary now we've got AI, artificial intelligence, we don't need so many peasants in the factories. So they are working according to an Agenda 21 of being able to dramatically bring the world's population down. Mm. Why should I trust a person who's a eugenicist who wants to bring the world's population down and who is making billions out of vaccines that he actually wants to improve our life expectancy and our health when he makes billions out of us being sick? Uh, there's, there's serious uh, uh, conflicts of interest here, including the fact that the people who are promoting the virus are implicated in producing, um, the, the ones who are producing the vaccines are the very people implicated in producing the virus. And then on top of that, you, you look at the Marxist agenda of increasing government control and less freedoms. All of this is being advanced in the name of this, this uh, uh, vaccine and the virus and the pandemic. What we are seeing right now, I think, is not just a COVID cult. Uh, we're seeing communist coercion and control being advanced in the name of combating a virus, something absolutely unprecedented. And for some reason, it's taken so many people by surprise that people who might normally have stood up against communism or totalitarianism or government overreach seem to be absolutely paralyzed with fear at saying something against what's being marketed as science or medicine. Yes, I, I agree. But at this point, two years later, with all the information that's been released, despite the uh, censorship by so many, uh, it, it's those that, that should recognize what communism is should see it, especially if you look here in, in the states, in, in the, you have the, the blue state governors who are just will not take their digits off of this and are still trying to oppress the people. And then you have, sadly, the coward Republican um, governors that continue to, well, you know, teetering on the fence. I'm surprised their britches aren't full of splinters by now. But they teetering constantly back and forth, uh, not to take a stand like somebody like uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida. Uh, and uh, basically, that's the only governor. Um, maybe Virginia, he's starting, he's brand new, and he is starting to, to take a stand. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But no one is acting like DeSantis, who is just actually protecting our rights in, in the Constitution. That's the freest state in America at this point. But but I went sidebar here. But uh, yeah, they're um, it, it's stunning to me. They don't they, exactly what you said. They were caught by surprise, but that was two years ago. I think they should recognize what's going on now, don't you? Yes, yes. Look, I mean, in the first few weeks, we were skeptical, but you know, maybe it's a real pandemic and uh, all this. But honestly, I think after about three or four weeks, it was pretty clear that this was one big pack of lies. They were 
completely exaggerating. All of their predictions and models that they gave us of tens of millions and hundreds of millions dying and all this sort of thing, and uh, it, it all failed to come about. And it just reminds you of all the different crises that they've come out through all the ages. I mean, remember, this is government uh, type, of, especially internationalist world health organization, United Nations, uh, scare tactics. 1960s, uh, we're running out of oil. By 1970, there's going to be no fuel. All of our vehicles are going to be stationary and useless because we're running out of petroleum products. 1970s, <laughs> oh, we're going into a new ice age. And uh, you'll be ice skating on uh, uh, Lake Victoria and so on. There's, 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 you know, everything's going to be iced. Up. Um, by 1980s, it was all about acid rain. Acid rain is going to destroy all the crops and we're all going to die of starvation because there'll be no food. Right. 1990s, it was the ozone layer. I mean, I'm just taking the big ones. There's obviously lots to Ozone layer, we're all going to die of skin cancer because of the ozone layer disappearing because some people are using aerosol cans. And then in the year 2000, it started to be the whole uh, global warming, and by 2013, there won't be any ice at the North or South Pole, and all of our cities are going to be underwater, and uh, life on Earth is going to be extinguished, and so on. Now, you carry on and on. They've got, no, of course, there's SARS and bird flu and da, 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 all these different things in between, Ebola and so on, but endlessly, you can see the United Nations and the globalists are working on crises, and all of these major crises which they were using to panic people with, None of the panic propaganda turned out to be true, but they all resulted in much more power for the government and much heavier taxation for us, and we all lost freedom through it. So all of their predictions always proved to be false, yes. and yet somehow or another we find ourselves at the end of it with less money and less freedom, and the government has more control and more power. And this is no different, except well, except that the scale is much greater and the lie is much bigger. But the thing that's different on this occasion is the amount of people on our side who are acting as not just allies, but as enthusiastic propagators for these lies. Yeah. I, I'm not too surprised that a globalist Marxist would support this. What totally surprised me is the amount of evangelical Christians and freedom-loving constitutionalists who have got into the parroting of this um, whole mindless uh, COVID cult, this salvation right. by vaccination masquerade madness. Yeah. and. Can they not see this is a lie and we are being stampeded into a self-destructive position where at the end of it, we will find ourselves with next to no freedom unless we can expose and oppose this and resist it. This COVID cult must go down flames or our civilization is ruined. We, If we want freedom, uh, we need to resist this. And uh, if you want to know where it's going, I mean, just look at Victoria, Melbourne in Australia, yes. uh, Dictator Dan and uh, the Prison Island. Do we really want to go there? No, 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 of course not. Yeah. Well, you're right. But we're going to see what happens. We're going to keep sharing and keep praying on this. Yes. Pe Peter, where can the listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that? Thank you. My personal email is peter at frontline.org.za. Peter at frontline.org.za. Our website, frontlinemissionsa.org. Frontlinemissionsa, that's short for South Africa. Frontlinemissionsa.org is the website. Peter at frontline.org.za or ZA is my email address. Excellent. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com. Click on the honor button and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info that Peter just shared. As always, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to share your brilliant assessments with us. We're looking forward to your return to the show. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thank you so much, Audrey. God bless.